Hi there, Glenridge. Great to be with you again. First Sunday of the year, 3rd of January. And um, I trust that you've had a great Christmas and you've had a good uh, New Year. Um, we're still under lockdown. Uh, only 100 people in the building, but we're forging ahead and trusting God for 2021 and all that He has for us. God is, God is uh, beyond time, above time, and His plans for us in 2021 are perfectly um, secure. He knows what He's doing. We've just got to figure out what He's doing and follow Him and be obedient to what He's saying. Um, so as, I, as we come into the new year, I've, I wonder if you... Um, Lots of New Year's resolutions, I'm sure. We're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this differently, we're going to change that, we're going to, a whole bunch of things. But I wonder if you've ever thought of your, yourself in your discipleship with, of Jesus, in your, in your walking with Jesus as a builder, or more specifically as a rebuilder. And uh, I want to start the new, of, new year with this thought, is that every single one of us is called to be a rebuilder. And I'm going to show you why I say that now um, out of Isaiah 61. So if you wouldn't mind turning to Isaiah 61, if you've got your Bibles with you, and read along with me, and uh, I'll get you to where I believe God is calling us to be rebuilders, kingdom rebuilders. This is what it says, Isaiah 61. In fact, let me just say before I read this, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus is standing um, in the synagogue, and he reads this text out of Isaiah 61 and then sits down and these guys are all like sheepers who's this guy and basically Jesus is saying I am the guy that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on so let's read what Jesus read and then continue to read what Isaiah says in chapter 61 it goes like this the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me the Lord has anointed me Jesus says to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So he's been anointed to preach good news to the poor. He's been anointed and sent to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve, provide for those that grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Let me stop there before I carry on. This is, this is Jesus talking. This is a, one of those messian, messianic uh, texts out of, from the prophets. And this is Jesus. He takes this and he owns this. He says, this is me. I'm the anointed one. I'm the one that's called to preach good news. I'm the, I'm the one that's been sent. I'm the one that's proclaiming freedom. I'm the one that's come to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The one that's mourning. I've come to, to help you in your moment of mourning. Um, I've come, I've, the oil of gladness will be yours instead of uh, mourning. A garment of praise will be yours instead of despair. So actually, I am the hope of the nations. And he finishes what he's saying, this and, and all that, all this, what we read now is what Jesus has said of himself. This is what, this is me. This is who I am. And he goes, comes along and he says, and they will be called, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. 
And so who's they? They are us. So Jesus has come to proclaim. Jesus has come to give hope. Jesus has come to play his part. Now that Jesus has played his part, he says this, and they will be called, those that he's ministering to, those that he's come to bind up, those that he's come to set free, those that he's come to give a garment of praise and an oil of gladness and all of these things. It says they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So you and I, by putting our faith in Jesus, the, the finished work of Jesus on the cross, the continued work of Jesus after the cross through the Holy Spirit to his church, we will be called oaks of righteousness. We will be called oaks of righteousness, a, a group of people whose roots are deep, who stand firm because of what their Messiah, because of what their Savior has done. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So, so you and I, the church, you and I in our individual capacities, the church, us in our collective capacity, is are a display of the righteousness of God, a display of the splendor of God. We are the oaks of righteousness withstand because of what Jesus has done, and we will display his splendor, and he, we will display his glory. And this is what it goes on to say. That's they. So they is us, remember. They is us. This is what it goes on to say in verse 4. They will rebuild ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They, that's you and us, will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields, your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord and will be named ministers of our God and you will feed on the wealth of the nations and in the rich and in their riches you will boast it's absolutely amazing what God what Jesus has done for us friends think of this now the new year as we move forward let's let's have a let's have a realistic picture of what we could accomplish and what we can accomplish in this year rather than those many far-fetched dreams of what we're going to do this year. Let's partner with God and recognize what he's done and let's take on the part that we're meant to play. And one of the parts that we're meant to play according to this text is we call to be rebuilders. We are called to rebuild ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. You and I are rebuilders. Let 2021 be a year where the mantle of rebuilder comes on the church, where the mantle of rebuilder comes on our lives. And every one of us acknowledge, because of what Jesus has done, we are able to rebuild ancient ruins and restore places long devastated, will renew ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Friends, that's what you and I are called to. So, rebuilders, we are called to be rebuilders. Now, a rebuilder is a little bit different, I think, to a restorer. And it, I mean, a kind of different words are used in different translations. But I think we both. I think we both rebuilders and we restorers. Rebuilders are, are kind of take, a, take the, maybe there's nothing left. Maybe there's very, just a foundation left of, of something. And now you've got to find the creative intent, what, what the original planner or builder had in mind that no longer exists and rebuild it 
and, and kind of start to rework that thing. Whereas a restorer is a little bit different because a restorer takes the existing and restores it to original. So it kind of might, might need a little bit less work. It might need a replacing of something or a painting of something or a, a kind of a, it's restoring is a little bit lighter work than rebuilding. Rebuilding is like start again. Restoring is take something that you've already got and begin to just restore it. I, we had somebody in our home group that was a restorer of paintings. Uh, museums and, and, and galleries would come to her and she, would, she had the art of restoring a painting that had lost its color into its original color. Um, I read this something about pianos. Generally speaking, this person said, restoring a piano refers to referring, repairing existing parts with minimal replacement, whereas rebuilding a piano uh, replaces critical parts with new parts to make the piano like new. And uh, so there's, there's kind of this work of restoring and rebuilding that we, the believers, are called to do. And, um, and obviously, we, we, can, we, we get people that are gifted to rebuild cities. Actually, some of us are called in this, next, in this year to, to put a brick in the wall of a new city, of, a, of the city of Durban, or, or part to play. Some of us are restorers and rebuilders of people. Um, I think all of us, as this text goes on to say, you will be called priests and ministers. So this idea of rebuilding and restoring comes off the back of us being priests and ministers. So, so we have the special relationship with God that is called like a priest. A priest takes God to the people and brings, uh, 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 takes God to the people and brings the people to God. Uh, a, a minister here, it's actually a servant. That's what it means. It means somebody that, that, um, that waits on or contributes to or serves. It's, a, it's the New Testament version of a deacon. The first deacon in the Bible was Jesus. Somebody that, uh, that served. And all of the church is called to have a servant heart like Jesus did. And even our leadership is servant leadership. Anyway, we, we, we've got we've to see ourselves as a church, as people, as rebuilders. We have an ability under God, by the Spirit of God, by the anointing of God, to rebuild lives and rebuild places and restore to new what has got lost its value and lost its, lost its kind of way and lost its shape. And that's what the church is called to do. I love what it says there. It says that these are long devastated Places that have been long devastated. So this is, you know, you know we are called to a, a 65, a 70-year-old that has never known Jesus. For 70 years, devastation can walk into the life of a church, into a community, and, have, and begin to be rebuilt and begin to be restored. It's long devastated. There's nothing that is beyond rebuilding in the, in the kingdom. There's nothing that is beyond restoring in the kingdom. And, uh, it, and it, it, one of the verses says there, for gen it has been devastated for generations. And maybe that person, that 70-year-old that walked in, actually it's been multiple generations. His father's father had the same problem, had the same issue, and there was just uh, death and destruction and all sorts of things for generations. He says, actually, you are called to be oaks of righteousness for the display of his splendor. You will be rebuilders and restorers of the kingdom of God, of the people of God, of, of whatever he puts before, the very intent and nature of the church is to rebuild and to restore. It's amazing for God. God didn't come to a broken earth 
and to a broken humanity and just wipe it off the face and just dish it, kind of just destroy it and start again. He takes an existing thing and he rebuilds and he restores through the, through the work and the love of God, through the love of Jesus, through the work of Jesus and his perfect planning. So let's, let's, let's obviously, the great example of rebuilding is in Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the people of God are in exile. Uh, God speaks to Nehemiah. Nehemiah speaks to the king. The king sends them and they begin to rebuild the walls and begin to restore the foundations. And they get lots of opposition. And people are saying, but can you take these bones, these, these, these bricks, these, these stones that have fallen apart? How will you ever be able to restore it? But God gives them a plan and God enables them to begin to restore and rebuild. Friends, we as a church are called to be rebuilders and restorers. And when I say we as a church, I mean you and I as individuals. We do, we do that as priests, friends. We do that as ministers. Do you know that every single one of you as a priest, until the church starts to see herself, that every single person is the priest, not just the guy preaching, that every single person is the minister, not just the guy preaching or leading the meeting is the minister. All of us are priests. All of us are ministers. All of us are called to be rebuilders. And I want to ask you the question this year. What are you going to rebuild? How are you going to give yourself to the great project of rebuilding? How are you going to give yourself to the great, great project of restoring? So, how are you rebuilding? So, we've recently done some building work at our house. We got the, the bit in my mouth and we, there was a whole lot of stuff that we needed done. Some stairs repairing, just little repairs here and there. I needed a door replacing. I just And anyway, our upstairs guy and our we kind of got together and we kind of started doing some building work. And, um, and I was reminded again of my old days of, of being in engineering and, and building roads and bridges and, and, and how much hard work it is. And uh, I, I realized why I'm paying this guy the money that I'm paying him um, because it's flipping hard work. And actually, I'm so grateful that he did it and, uh, he did it and not me, you know. Anyway, it was, it was amazing. I mean, part of this rebuilding process was we had to take away an old flower box that was bricked up and had a whole lot of sand in it and build some stairs. For 12 years, friends, we've lived in our house. And we've kind of to get from our, our um, laundry door up to the area where the windy dryers are is probably, I don't know, it's probably kind of this high. It's probably like a, I don't know, a meter and a half, a meter 1.2 or something like that. And, um, there's, and at, the mo at the moment, there was two, well, previously, there was two steps, one big step, another big step. It's like you had to be a giant to stand on these steps for 12 years. Our poor Gogo, who's been taking stuff up there and uh, Heather and whoever else, we, we, for 12 years, we put up with the steps, the big steps to try and get up there. Eventually, when Craig, uh, our neighbor, he said, listen, why don't we do this? And I said, yeah, I've been wanting to do it forever. Let's, let's do it. Let's, you know, let's clean out the, the, the box and where the sand was. And we're going to put a second windy dryer because we've got two families and we need two windy dryers, etc. Sorry for all the, the gory details. But it's amazing that for 12 years, we put up with that. We've lived in that house for 12 years. And we put up with a step that wasn't right. But it needed, it needed some impetus together to say, let's rebuild this thing. Let's, let's get it back. Let's get it back to something that works. Let's get it back to something that really can be helpful to both of us and get it back to actually probably what it was intended to be. It was like a bit of a half job thing that they'd put there. And um, it got me thinking again, rebuilding. 
Man, we, 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 you see rebuilding, building work, and this is what's so key for us. Building work is hard work. Like there's no shortcut around it. The reason why I paid that guy is because I didn't have the time. And actually, you need a whole force of people to do that. It's like I couldn't do this on my own. And, and you know, it's all this stuff. It's flipping hard work. Anyway, it's chipping away. It's, I mean, it's on your knees. Chipping away, bending over, chipping away, pouring. I mean, I just sweat like anything when I, when I exert myself. And these guys are just faithfully doing the work. And it's turned out to be a great job. Old Ernest, our builder, did a great job there. But what we've got to do, and the reason why I'm telling you that story, is it's reminded me again of this rebuilding process that God's called us to. Friends, it's not convenient, it's not comfortable, and it's hard work. And, and nobody, if we're going to do the work that God's called us to do as a church, and we're going to fulfill the work that destiny and the purpose that God's got over our lives as individuals and as families, it's going to include rebuilding work. It's going to be rebuilding in our own lives and rebuild, and more than that, they're rebuilding in others' lives. And so we've got to get into the mentality. We are builders. We are rebuilders. We are restorers. And actually, we're going to do the hard work. And it's finicky work. The restorer, it's like that lady that did paintings. It would take her days, weeks and weeks and weeks to restore a patch of a painting. I mean, she used to tell me about how, and it's hugely, very expensive painting. You can't mess it up. Like, Intricate, intricate work from intricate, slow, patient work with this big work that's hard work and bashing. And we've got all of it in our lives. Friends, God is wanting to take us and help us to be builders and be rebuilders of cities, of people's lives and restorers of what God has for people. That is our job. Our job is to love people into the back into their purpose and to help people and to disciple people back into the purpose of the God's original intent. So I wrote down some, some ideas here of some characteristics of good building. And um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul talks about builders and he uses this architectural thing and he says, there's only one foundation and that's Jesus Christ. And so when we start thinking about we, we rebuilders, we've got to remember we don't build on any foundation except that of Jesus. The person, the finished work of Jesus on the cross, friends, informs our relationship with God and the pouring out of the Spirit of God at Pentecost determines what God's called, it to, called us to as we partner with Jesus and it empowers us and shows us and all the work that the Spirit of God does in the church and in our lives is done because of what Jesus has done. Everything goes back to Jesus. If what we're building, if we dig down, dig down, dig down, and we don't end up in Jesus, it's not building. It's not good work. It's not good foundations. And so the first thing we need to know when we to become rebuilders is we've got to take people to Jesus. We've got to get people back onto the foundation of Jesus. And our own lives have got to be back onto the foundation of Jesus. I couldn't think of a better New Year's preach than this. Your life back on Jesus. Not your life back on the, the, the New Year's resolution. Put, let's get our lives back onto Jesus and allow God to work with us from that point. Secondly, Paul says in that text, he says this. He says, anybody, once you've, once you've built the foundation of Jesus, Paul says, somebody else can come and do the uh, build on top of that work. So, so Paul can go and lay the foundation of Jesus in an area and a church gets established and then somebody else builds on that. And he says, anybody can build on that. And, you, and you've got to be careful how you build because you must build with with, with uh, costly stones and gold and silver, not wood, hay, and straw. And he says, because if you, build, if you build badly, if you build with the wrong materials, 
In other words, you build by the flesh instead of by the Spirit of God. He says the day, the fire, there will be a day when fire will test what you built. And if it's fire, wood, hay, and straw don't last in the fire, but gold, silver, and precious things do last in the fire. And he says, actually, all that's going to happen is time is going to expose what you built, and pressure will expose what you built. And so, friends, let's, let's as rebuilders now, if we're starting to put our rebuilding hat on, say, right, we're going to start rebuilding now. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to take people back to Jesus, and then we're going to help them build with by the Spirit of God, not by the flesh. We're going to help them build with love. We're going to help them build with, with character. We're going to help them build with, with integrity. We're going to, everything, friends, that is not built by the Spirit of God is going to be found wanting when the pressure comes. It's like you, it's the other building example in the New Testament is, is Jesus warns, warns people about building on the sand as opposed to building on the rock. We built on the rock of Jesus, not on the sand, because when a flood comes, the sand gets washed away. But if you built on Jesus and you built well and you built with good things, actually you stand firm in the, in the time of crisis and in the time of pressure. And friends, really what's happened is COVID has, has exposed the, the sand in our lives. It's exposed the bad building materials. Let's take this moment and say, right, we're going to start rebuilding this year. We're going to rebuild our own lives. We're going to make sure that our own lives are founded and established. But more than that, we're going to help others build their lives. And we're going to be part of the, part of the building process and making sure that by the Spirit of God, people walk into what they have. Friends, that includes tough conversations. That includes correction. That includes encouragement. That includes rebuke. It includes the whole lot. We've got to be those people that's, that because of the love of God, we want to see people's lives rebuilt. And we want to see people, we want to see marriages not be some kind of mediocre form of what God intended, but actually something that is, that is solid, that is well um, uh, galvanized, that can withstand the pressures of life and can produce a family and, a chil and children and children's children's children that are live in blessing, not in brokenness. We've got to Build on the foundation, and then we've got to be careful how we build. Friends, you know what? You can build with rip-off Chinese junk, and it lasts for a month. Or you can take something of the original and part of the, the, the genuine, and it lasts a lifetime. This Bible has a genuine leather uh, cover. I think this Bible must be nearly 20 years old. Maybe I'm lying. Maybe 16 years old, this Bible. And its cover is as good as new. It's been re the cover's been redone once a time. The spine, oh, Pierre, Pierre Larish has been a champion. He's redone it for me. But the cover is still good because it's genuine, not imitation. And so what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we build with good materials as we're going forward. And I want to encourage you, friends. You know what? Something that is built with bad materials, the Chinese ripoff. Sorry, Chinese, but that ripoff. Man, you can build that thing and it looks exactly like the real thing. The only time you know that that's not the real thing is in a month's time when it's broken and falls apart. And something doesn't quite fit. It looks from afar, it looks great, but then it's just not the same. And so if we want, if you're in business and Gary's standing in front of me here and he's got tripods and cameras and all sorts of things, the reason why he doesn't go to the Chinese mall to get his tripod is because he knows the amount of time that that thing's get taken up, put down, taken up, traveled, da-da-da. Within, within, within two weeks, the thing would fall apart if it wasn't proper quality. And so he buys the real thing. And you know what? The real thing is more expensive, friends. That's the point. 
It's costlier, it takes time, it's, it's, you pay a price for it, but man, it's worth it because actually on the day of pressure, on the day of fire, it gets exposed for what it is, something that lasts. We are called to be rebuilders. To be a rebuilder, you've got to have the architect's heart. You've got to know if you're helping rebuild people, if we're helping in people's lives, we've got to have a view of what God has for them. Not what we want for them, not even what they want for themselves. We've got to help people see what God has for them. You've got to have the architect's heart. You, you, you've got to have the architect's vision in your heart. If we want to be rebuilders of a city, we've got to have God's intent for a city, God's intent for a family, God's intent for a... So there's a propheticness to the rebuilding process that we've got to continually be seeing what heaven has, praying for them and praying and asking God for revelation to help people as we... And we do the same for our own lives, friends. We've got to have the architect's vision and heart. We've got to be able to read plans. Friends, this is the plan of God. We've got to be able to read this Bible. We've got to be able to read what God is saying to us. God speaks to us prophetically in dreams in all sorts of ways. We've got to be able to take those things and work it so that we can become the rebuilders that God's called us to, to be. And friends, this Bible, we need to get hold of this Bible and saturate ourselves with it because it'll give us something of the plan and will give us insight into the plan, that, into the architect's plan for us so that we can become true rebuilders. What else have I got here? I've said this before, it takes hard work. There is no shortcuts to building and restoring. It's backbreaking, it's chipping away. We had to restore, um, there was a big crack in one of our uh, uh, garage roof thing. And um, all it was just badly built. And kind of, we had, to, we had to, I mean, you had to sit there with a hammer and chisel, chip, 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 get it down, get it done, and then restore it with a, a new piece of concrete that would be water tight and all the rest of it. Friends, it is hard work, and it's just chipping away. It's chipping away. It's chipping away. It's chipping away. It's chipping away. And we and we got to remember that actually building takes time. It's not a moment. It's not like we want a house, and then tomorrow we've got a house. And sometimes you can get that because, I mean, I know countries where you build houses with wood, and they come with their panels. Within two weeks, the whole house is done. The problem is when the fire comes, that house is gone. And actually, the house that's built that takes time to build is brick upon brick, and and all those sorts of things takes time. When the fire comes, they're still standing. Or well, most of it is still standing anyway. Um, building is hard work. And, uh, and sometimes we've got to break things down to its foundation. Sometimes we're so distorted. We've got, to, we've got to allow God to break things down and to take things off and to take things away so that we get back to Jesus and we start building again. If we can get back to Jesus, we'll always start building again. Jesus is a builder. Jesus is building his church. And the Bible also says this, unless the Lord builds, the laborers labor in vain. So what we want is we want God to be doing this, not us to be doing it. We want to be partnering with God. Do you see yourself as a rebuilder that partners with God to see people's lives changed, to see cities changed, to see your industry changed, all those sorts of things? To be a rebuilder, you have to be resilient. You have to be resilient. It means that you, you've got to have a spirit of not give up. You've got to have a, a sense of actually be patient. You've got to be patient. Building process is patient. And you want, eventually you get to the stage with the building process where you actually just want them off of sight. You, they, you're done now. It's been two weeks. It's been three weeks. So it was meant to be three days. It's been three weeks. And they're actually still there. And it's just a rash. Eventually you want them off. Friends, building takes time 
And as much as you want it to go quickly, it takes as long, much time as it needs to take. Especially when you're building on new areas or, on old, or, or uh, building new things on old ground. Because now you start to dig for foundations, you find this pipe and that thing, and you didn't even know it was there. That's what our lives are like, friends. All of a sudden, you start digging a little bit, you find there's a sewer pipe running straight through my heart. And you think, jeepers, where did that come from? Now we've got to tick, block it off, sort it out, patch it up, fill it up, re-go again. So what happens in building takes time. Rebuilding takes time. And we've got to make sure that we are in for the long haul. We've got to be resilient. We've got to be patient. We've got to, we've got to have an ability to, to allow God to keep working and to keep pressing and, and to keep... That's why community is so important, friends. The community around us is so key in the building, the rebuilding process of our lives. We'll never build a city by ourselves. We will never rebuild a city by ourselves. We will rebuild a city as... as as a church community works together and as churches around the city work together, the city will be rebuilt. It's always together. It's always this community process. And lastly, I want to say about building, you just got to be careful. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful what you build with. You've got to be careful that you're sticking to the plan. You've got to be careful that you're not running ahead of yourself. You've got to be careful that you're doing the right thing first, not the last thing first. Because building is brick upon brick. You know, most building, I mean, I've built bridges and roads. And when you first see the plans, and when you first see the, the, the you think, shepherds, this is unbelievably complicated. Just there's reinforcing drawings, and then there's concrete drawings, and there's foundation drawings, and then there's pillar pier and pillar drawings, and then there's deck drawings. And you think, ah. But you know what? You don't start with the deck drawings. You put those aside. And what you do is you, you know that's coming, so you order that material. But what you do is you start building foundations. You, you build, the building process, friends, is not rocket science. The most complex structure comes with one thing after the next, one step after the next. And if you just take the next step, and you just take the next step in the building process, you eventually, after a year, you've built a whole, a whole structure. It's exactly the same for us, friends. If we just got to make sure that we, but you've got to have the heart of a builder. And I'm praying that we start this year off with the heart of a builder. We've got the, this year we, we saying, God, what are we building? What are we building? Friends, one of the ways we build in the life of the church is with small groups and home groups and, and, and all sorts of groups and worship and prayer. And friends, that's part of the building process. We just take people through the process are building and those environments and those groups are they're just putting something in us and we're building slowly but surely building needs to be careful it needs to be patient you need to be resilient it takes hard work and uh, you've got to get the architect's heart otherwise you never build what he intended friends let's be let's let let's take on let's ask god go and read 1 corinthians chapter 3 and see and let god speak to you about building go and read isaiah 61 and let god speak to you about restoring places long devastated and generations of devastation and, allow, and, and ask God for an anointing to give you, uh, to give you a rebuilder's anointing um, that we would follow Jesus but with a, with a builder's, with a rebuilder's view of what he was asking us to do and I believe we'll walk into some significant things this year. Bless you, I pray for God's richest blessing. Father, give us the anointing of builders. Give us the anointing of rebuilders and restorers. Give us the patience. Give us the care. Give us the architect's plans. Father, give us all that we need by your spirit. 
We don't want to do this with, with wood, hay, and st straw. We want to do this with precious stones and gold and silver. We, want, we don't want to do it by the flesh, Lord. We want to do it by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Have a great day.